Welcome to the Finding Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Liz McComish. Just like a seed holds all the knowledge it needs to grow into the plant it was destined to be, I believe you hold all the wisdom within you to create the most amazing life. Join me and my special guests as we explore the path back into your innate wisdom and teach you how to harness it. This is your life to live your way. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Finding Freedom podcast. I'm really happy to have you here today. This is the first session of this podcast. So freedom, what is freedom, right? We talk about freedom all the time. I think a lot of our lives are spent chasing freedom in some way, shape, or form, and potentially feeling imprisoned by life in in other ways. You know, maybe you're chasing freedom in terms of having enough money to meet your needs or having more money than you need so that you can travel. You might be searching for true love. You might be searching for you know, a, a role, a vocation where you feel really happy in, in your life. You may be searching for a house that you'd love to own. There might be a dozen things that represent freedom for you. So the way that I see freedom or define freedom is our ability to be ourselves authentically 100%, to be able to tap into this deep inner well of wisdom that we have, to be able to be in relationship with the core of ourselves in every single moment of our lives. And, you know, it may seem like, oh, well, yeah, like, of course, that's, you know, isn't everyone like that? Well, no, actually, I believe that most suffering, if it's not suffering that's caused by lack of food or lack of water and and an inability to um, access basic needs and, and war and so on, that most suffering is caused by this fragmentation that we have from our authentic self. And this happens due to nervous system dysregulation. So nervous system dysregulation is my big thing. I really do believe it's my life's work. I feel that it underlies almost every sort of issue that we come up against. And even when we're talking about bigger global issues, I believe that um, pain, that hatred, that that intense anger, um, all of that comes from the basis of a nervous system that has been at some stage dysregulated and then that person or those people then create ways of being in the world to protect themselves. And that's what can lead to so much pain and conflict in our lives. So let me describe or go a bit deeper into nervous system dysregulation because it's um, the science of it, I guess, is kind of complex. You could read about it for months and months and months, but it can be broken down to quite a simple concept and what it is. And I'll describe it in that way, right? So basically, nervous system dysregulation is when you have experienced something that was so overwhelming from your system, for your system that you couldn't cope and then you 
suppress that part of you or cut off from that part of you. And this happens a lot when we're young in ways that become quite unconscious because we can forget about those experiences and then those experiences can run our lives. It can also happen when we are adults, but often we have a conscious connection to the experiences that have happened that have created nervous system dysregulation. So traumatic events like car crashes or um, people close to us dying or um, us sustaining some sort of injury, those sorts of things are um, traumas that we can we have a narrative for, you know, we have a memory for, and we can go, oh, yes, that happened to me. And those ones, yeah, I'm not saying they're easier to live with, but they can be easier to understand and to work with because we have a narrative for them. But things that happen when we're a child, often we actually don't have a narrative for. It can happen when we're a little baby in utero, when we're a little toddler, you know, even um, a child sort of, you know, five, six, seven, eight, etc. When we have things that go on for us that are overwhelming and we have no way of being supported through that process, perhaps the adults around us don't know how to support us or perhaps they're not interested in supporting us or perhaps they're so dysregulated themselves that they actually can't be there for us then it creates this nervous system dysregulation. And I'll give you an example of something. Let's say a little child is, um, say this little child is like three or four and falls over and really hurts themselves, like grazes both their knees and their knees are bleeding and they get scared of the blood. And the adults around them have their own dysregulation in them, right? The adults around them, get triggered by hearing crying and screaming around them because as children they probably weren't allowed to cry and scream so in response to this child crying and screaming because of what's happened to their knees the adults around them might try and shut that down because it's triggering them too much so for example they might say oh if it's a little boy they might say oh come on you know like be, be brave, be tough, like boys don't cry. Or they might say, try and distract them, the child, by saying, oh, look at the, look at the plane in the sky or look at the bird up there or um, maybe give them a lolly, give them something yummy to eat, an ice cream or something like that. Perhaps the adults around them did whatever they could to try and distract that child. And what happens when that child gets distracted is they are actually distracted from their authentic self. Because their authentic self is in pain. Their authentic self is crying. Their body actually needs to cry to release the stress hormones that have been triggered in their body because of the intense pain that they're in. And quite possibly also because of the fear that they may experience by seeing you know, the blood coming out of their legs. Not always. Not all children get scared by that. But they might be scared of, of seeing that. So by so that's their authentic self. They're crying, perhaps scared, perhaps shocked. And their body actually, and nervous system actually knows how to release that through emotions, through crying, through screaming. Sometimes children shake. One of my children, whenever he would really hurt himself, he would run around in circles for a good couple of minutes. And I would just sit there with him and when he 
had finished running off that intense stress, he would then come into my arms and and cry then. So we really, our nervous systems and our body actually know how to release stress, but we are disconnected from that often as children. And so we actually cut off from our ability to do that. So in that case, that child, let's say that child um, was the boy and was told that, you know, big boys are really brave. And this is by well-meaning adults, don't forget. Like I'm not saying that these are bad parents. These parents, like I said earlier, possibly were taught that when they were younger. So then hearing a child scream and cry actually triggers inside them the little one that they had to shut off from. So then this little child then shuts off from that part of themselves. And perhaps when they're older and when they experience emotions, when they experience fear or um, they feel really hurt, they then can't express their emotions anymore around that. Now this is, I'm I'm drawing a really big long bow here, right? Because it's just one event. But let's say that was a repeated event over and over and over again that this child learned that boys don't cry. So as an adult, that adult is going to disconnect from their feelings when they feel like crying. They're going to shut them down and create some other kind of behavior to replace that or to kind of cover it over because they're, they feel this welling up, right? So they feel that internally. They feel the welling up of, of tears. Maybe they're going through a heartbreak or um, they've lost their job or something else has happened in their life that's quite big and they feel that emotion come up and inside them the belief system that's been created is that boys don't cry. So that belief system operates at a really strong level and they just push that down but because then the feeling is can be really overwhelming, right? So if we have heartbreak, if we have grief, the best way to work with that is to be with it and to feel it and to release it. That's how we release stress from our body. Crying, grief, sadness, they're all a natural part of being human. So in this case, this person doesn't release that because the belief system is that men or boys don't cry, pushes it away. And this intensity is left there. So then often what happens is that person then chooses to do something else to continue to suppress that original feeling. So it might be they reach for alcohol. It might be they reach for food. It might be they reach for cigarettes. It might be that um, they have some kind of other behavior. They might have developed very controlling behavior. And when they feel sad, they go and um, clean out the garage or um, reorganize the cutlery drawer or something like that because they have to do something with the energy that they have. They've got to replace because they're not releasing the original energy. They have to go and do something else to release some sort of energy and get some sort of control back. So that's how nervous system dysregulation works in that sense, right? So quite a simple example, but you can see the basically the formula of nervous system dysregulation and how things that happen when we're very little and have huge lasting effects throughout our entire life. You know, there are other um, experiences that children might have. I mean, so many of them. I'm sure that you can think of some 
yourself. Uh, let's say, for instance, um, a little girl was told that um, she was too boisterous. She was too loud, too boisterous, and really criticized by her caregivers. Once again, just remember when I talk about examples like this, it's not that the parents or the caregivers are bad people. It's what they believe. You know, it's what they have learnt in their lifetime. So that then if, if those parents or one of the parents was really scolded or, or punished for being boisterous when they were a child, then when their child is boisterous, it triggers that inside them. It triggers that dysregulation inside them. So what they do with that, those feelings that come up of, of anxiety around that boisterous sort of enthusiasm is they then shut their own child down. This is how trauma goes down. In, well, one of the ways that trauma gets passed down through generations. It's well-meaning, but this is how it continues to manifest generation after generation after generation. So let's say that that little girl, then she shuts herself down. She's like, oh, if, my, if I want to be accepted by my parents, and this is really key, she thinks if I want to be accepted by my parents, I need to be a good, good, quiet girl. The acceptance by the parents is super important in terms of the nervous system because our nervous system needs to be attached, when we're little, needs to be attached to caregivers because our nervous system believes, rightly so, that unless we attach to an adult, we'll be left for dead. Right? We won't be fed, we won't be clothed, and that wild animals will get us. So remember that our nervous system like, doesn't know the difference between 200 years ago and now. Right? Our nervous system doesn't know that uh, there are social services out there that, you know, that, that we're not necessarily going to get left for dead if we are boisterous. It doesn't know that. So... Our nervous system wants to do what our parents, wants to be accepted by our parents. So let's say in this case, that little girl who was super, super boisterous, she then shut that down and thought to be accepted by my parents, I need to be quiet. And it doesn't go in that level of conscious awareness in a child. It happens in a way that they don't think it through in that sort of formula. It just starts to happen within them. And then as an adult... They may always feel like something's missing. They may always see the other girls that are boisterous and creative and, and living the life of the, that, that they want to live. And then she might then judge them. She might then be deeply critical of them or really dislike them. She might end up in friendships where if one of her friends is super boisterous, she could be attracted to that because she actually wants, she, it stirs that place inside her. But then when she gets more deeply into the relationship, she might get very triggered by them being able to be boisterous because it's reminding her of a way in which she was shut down, something that was deemed as bad. And then, you know, she may also like do things like develop um, certain behavioral patterns to help her to contain her energy, you know, controlling behavior or critical behavior or um, really criticizing herself. She might turn all of that judgment upon herself and keep telling herself that she's a bad person. So 
Our nervous system dysregulation means that, well, leads us to creating a whole pile of belief systems about ourselves. And then we have actions within the world that help to enforce that belief system and help us to remain kind of in control of the things that we have cut off from in ourselves. And this leads to all sorts of relationship issues, to um, physical issues, to emotional issues. It creates anxiety. It creates depression. It creates chronic illnesses, immune system deficiencies, um, syndromes. Honestly, it just goes on and on and on because every time we cut off from part of ourselves, we push away also the stress that we never actually completed, we never released from our system. So if we come back to that little boy who fell over and hurt himself, for his nervous system to be able to release the fear around that and um, the pain around that would mean that he released the stress from his nervous system. For him to shut it down means he suppresses that and holds it in his system. Stress over a long period of time causes, well, I mean, stressful stop can cause havoc with our entire physiology right? and our mental health, our emotional health, our, our, our physical health, all of it, right? But chronic stress that has gone on for such a long period of time can be very tricky to, to work with because it will manifest itself Physically, like if we don't eventually work it out of our out of our emotional body, out of our psyche, it will eventually manifest itself physically. So it's pretty big, right? And if you sort of think back over your life, I bet there are tons of times that you have felt that you have been cut off from your authentic self. And if you don't have recall to that, then I would encourage you to think about behaviors you have now that actually don't serve you. So let's say if you have really controlling behaviors, have a look at that. There's a reason why you're being really controlling. What is it that you're trying to prevent yourself from feeling? What, why are you trying to control your environment? What might happen if you let go? Do you have a lot of um, like addictions? Do you have an addictive personality? What is the space in you that you are trying to fill? What's, what's going on for you there? Do you have ongoing like massive relationship conflict? What's going on for you there? What's being triggered inside you? What part of you have you cut off from that's getting triggered in these situations? What's happening for you there? You know, do you have food issues? Do you have a chaotic life? You know, that's another one. The chaotic life is a really interesting one as well. Like, why? You know, why is, why is your life chaotic? You know, what, what is going on for you that you feel like you can't slow everything down and go one step at a time? And there's no simple answer to it because everyone is so unique. Like the way in which your nervous system became dysregulated is unique to you. And the way in which you develop belief patterns and also behaviors in the world around that, that's also unique to you. And in order to find 
our freedom, all right? So to reconnect with our authentic self. It's about going back through the emotions that have been super suppressed and reclaiming those parts of ourselves that we cut off from. Life gives us a lot of opportunities to do that. I know they're not always easy. Trust me, I I get it. I do this work because I have walked this path. I have walked the path of deep, deep dysregulation and deep pain. And I still have triggers come up for me now. Nothing like I did, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. But still, you know, sometimes they catch me unaware and I'll be like, whoa, like, wow, what was that particular conflict about for me? Like, what's happening inside of me that I feel like I'm completely raw and exposed in this particular relationship with this person? Why am I becoming so defensive in this situation? Every time you feel really defensive, no, there's a really, a little hurt, scared one underneath that. So the way that we start to heal our dysregulation is to understand that, that all these defenses we have, all, all these like controlling behaviors we have, all these ways that, you know, we do things like that, these behaviors are ways we try to protect a little one who didn't quite know how to cope and cut off from part of herself or part of himself or part of themselves. That's what's happened. So when those things come up, we want to be able to step into the trigger, step into the overwhelm, step into the pain, into what's going on for us so we can start to get beneath it. I know it's really hard, right? I know that that can bring us to our knees. I know that. I know that personally. Trust me, I really know what it's like to be really cracked open and to really look at all these parts of myself and all my defense mechanisms and all my, my behaviors. I know what it's like to look at them. It's super, super confronting. But here's a question for you. Would you rather live the rest of your life never really connecting with your authentic self, like living in your defenses, living with certain illnesses, living in a prison of a belief system that you've created? Or would you rather start to find your way back to those beautiful little parts of you that you cut off from because you felt like they weren't good or they weren't acceptable or you needed to shut off from those parts to be accepted by your parents or your caregivers or your friends. Trust me, going down the pathway of starting to break through all those defense mechanisms, that's, that's where freedom lies. I promise you, that is freedom. Prison, a lack of freedom, is being imprisoned by all our behaviors that are trying to protect us, all these defense mechanisms that are trying to protect us in the world. So through this podcast, with each session, I'm going to teach you more and more about the connection between nervous system dysregulation and different behaviors, different illnesses, different defense patterns, different ways in which it shows up in our relationships, in our connection to spirit, in our ability to manifest the life that we want, in the way that we parent our children, in the way that we live every day of our lives. That is what this podcast is about. And I 
just cannot wait to share this with you. I already have lined up some phenomenal people who I will be chatting to about this who are amazing in their own fields. And they have also walked that path. They've walked the path of, you know, really having difficult challenges happen in their lives and then having to stare down that tunnel of, yo, I'm going to have to walk into this darkness in order to refine my inner light. These people have all done that and they are amazing. I'm talking about I have um, a psychologist who's also an astrologer, sound healers, doctors of Chinese medicine, um, psychotherapists, breath workers, naturopaths, um, people on plant medicine, trauma workers, you name it. These are the people that I have lined up to start to walk down this path with us all together, to start to really understand the way that their nervous system dysregulation manifested in their lives and what they did and how their vocations now support people to refine their authentic self. You've only got one life. That's it. In this particular physical form, you've got one life. Walk the path. Trust me on this one. Walk the path. When you start to dig down and reconnect to that authentic person who is you, the love you're going to find for yourself will bring you to your knees. I promise you. And what better place to be than to be so in love in your own heart. And when we reconnect into that authenticity, life, the flow of life, Everything becomes sacred and everything becomes love. Even the deep, dark times become love because we have that in our heart. We know that that is the basis of everything within us. When we experience grief, when we experience deep hurts, when we experience loss, we always have ourselves. We always have connection to this deep, authentic love within us. And when we have that, that's it. That is the key to living with total freedom and walking down this pathway, walking through that tunnel is the key to finding freedom. I'm so glad to be here and I'm so happy to have you joining me and I can't wait to share everything that I have to share and all these amazing people who are going to blow you away and remind you of just how incredible life is. All my love for you and catch you next time. 